Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I am your host, Robert Brining. This evening, I am joined by the fabulous Jeremy Dunn. Jeremy, how are you? I'm good. How are all the ghouls and goblins this evening, I wonder? Ooh, the ghouls and goblins and witches? (laughs) Who are you calling a witch? (laughs) Of course, you. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. You have no idea. Are you in the Halloween mood? You know, kind of, sort of. You know, I, I was home sick with a um with an upper respiratory infection all week so I'm on antibiotics so I I haven't been in the mood until about today really well I'm glad you're feeling a little better oh my god me too I slept for like three days straight <laughs> well I'll tell you one thing I'm definitely not in the Halloween mood since there's snow outside on the ground here in uh, I know there's there's snow everywhere along the northeast. It, it's How crazy. crazy. It's nuts. Anyway. So, but good. but you you live there. I live in the south. See how that works. Is there anything going on? In, like it's, you didn't get any snow where you are, right? Oh God, no. Please. Please. So no, what else no. is new with you? Um. Oh, what else is new? No, we already talked about that last week, right? Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, no, just just getting over this stupid upper respiratory infection. <laughs> well, that's good, I guess. Do you have any uh, Halloween plans? Um, We might be going to a murder mystery tomorrow. Oh, they're fun. We, hold, we but, usually hold one every year. They're fun. But here, here's, here's the catch. It's a bunch of drag queens. That would be even more fun for me. So they're they're killing somebody off, and we have to figure out through the performances who the murderer is. Ah. Ah. That's very cool. Yeah, it should be cute, I'm wondering. It, it starts different at 7 than, and goes to 10. And... Yeah, that's different than what um, we do every year, because usually we would, there's a game that you can buy online, How to Host yeah. a Murder Mystery. You know, yeah. and you buy it and you send out invitations to the people and they have to be a specific person and they come dressed as that person. And we did that for like three years and then all of a sudden the last two years have kind of just been so hectic around Halloween and me not getting the invitations out. So we kind of just invite the same people over and we just dress as whatever we want. And we play like board games all night. Like well, that's fun. Or catchphrase. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. That is fun. Yeah. Um... Like, we don't get to do that often. So if I do dress up, I'm I'm going to be one of two things, and I and I need people who are listening to chime in on this, and maybe our guest um, uh, Dan Bauer, Daniel Bauer, will have a uh, you know a, an opinion. I'm either going as a nudist on strike, oh my god, <laughs> or or a homicidal maniac. Oh my lord, I haven't figured it out which. Which yet? So, so you know what? Ponder, ponder my kidlets. Ponder that. And, so, so wait um, a minute. A nude list on strike would be uh, a clothed guy. Yes. Right? Yeah, and then I'd wear and a, a wear little sign and go around. And, and my little sign that says I'm a nudist on strike. That's great. Yeah. The nudist. I'm not going to talk about what I'm going to be. I'm going to just wait till tomorrow. You can see the picture on Facebook when it's up. So, so I need, I need people, I need people to chime in. So, so. Everyone who's listening, and you're in the chat room. Jack Tripper. God, I look just like him, too. That's that's what's sad. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said it, because I remember on Facebook when they did that, yeah. you had that photo up. Yeah, the, the picture of John Ritter. Yeah. yeah. Did you see my new picture on Facebook? Yes, I did. The mummy picture, that's very cool. The zombie picture? Yeah, zombie. Yeah. Because I, I am, I've been obsessed with zombies, and now I'm I'm totally loving The Walking Dead. 
on AMC. Yeah. It's actually on right now. I've got the sound off, but I'm reading the, the subtitles, so I'm on air in the chat room and watching The Walking Dead. And can you believe Talk this? About multitasking. Let me tell you, and I'm no caffeine. I have been caffeine-free for over a month. That's great. I know. Even my tea, my tea that I'm drinking this evening is caffeine-free. Earl Grey, thank you. <laughs> With Splenda, two, two little packets of Splenda, and, and abstain from alcohol. So I, I, I've got, I, I don't know what I'm going to be doing. Any, I don't have a vice anymore. I need something. That's funny. Okay, so and so uh, so, so, you, so folks in the chat room and listening, um, you, you've got a job to do. So I need I need a what should I dress up for Halloween tomorrow, and and b what should my new vice be. So so those are things. Think about that. Chime in, and then we'll take it on, and then I'll throw it as a poll someplace. So there you go. Maybe on so, your anyway. blog. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of blogs, I did want to talk about a couple posts that I added up. Um, oh, you, you, you. It's always about you. For people who are, are listening, I, I did blog a little bit about um, the Kick HIV tournament that I had uh, that was um, the October 15th, um, the soccer tournament um, that took place on National Latino AIDS Awareness Day in Philly. Yes. I blogged about that. And then I've also blogged uh, recently about some past guests that we had, like Ken Howard, and last week we had Betsy on. Um, so they can check that out. My blog is positivepitch.blogspot.com, or if you go to posim.com, you can find all the information there. Um, I just want to um, welcome newcomers if you're listening for the first time because maybe you're friends with Daniel and you haven't heard of our show before or you're not familiar with it. We want to welcome you. Um, we like to make HIV fun but also educational and allow others that know that they are not alone. So what we do is we bring uh, people on like Daniel who's coming on tonight to share their personal story of living with HIV in hopes to, you know, inspire and encourage other people to feel more comfortable. So we're here every Sunday, and you can listen to all of our archives on iTunes. You just search POSIM or on the Blog Talk Radio Show page. I just wanted to get that out for first-time listeners who are... First-timers, POSIM virgins. Come to POSIM. We will pop your cherry. What? Hmm? (laughs) What was that? Oh, Lordy, what am I going to do with you? I don't know. We will also be taking uh, questions uh, via Twitter, so you can tweet us at POSIAM, P-O-Z-I-A-M, and we will um, take your questions for Daniel when he calls into the show a little later on. I do see him in the chat room, by the way. Yes, I, I see, do him see him, too. There. Yeah, I see him there. So, so our guest is in the chat room, ladies and gentlemen, boys and germs. Ghouls and goblins, I thought it was. Yeah, ghouls and goblins. Ghouls and so listen to this. Ghouls listen to this. I didn't tell you what I did today. I sliced my finger open. I saw that on on and, and you have this picture of a heart. Yeah, yeah. I, I I sliced my finger. I pulled out Halloween decorations out of a cardboard box and I like paper cut it. But mm-hmm. it was like the tip of my finger, so it was going down and it was horrible. And I grabbed it and it just started gushing bad. So you know I'm covering it up and as I walk back to where I cut it at to see if there's blood anywhere like on the rug or anything. There was a, a blood splat that was on, you know, on the hardwood floor. So I grabbed a paper towel and I just kind of just wiped it up. And when I looked at it, you know, usually when I pick up my blood and I look at it, I immediately think of HIV. But for some reason, the blood splatter, the way that I picked it up, was kind of in the shape of a heart. So it made me think of love and things about, you know, things that I love instead of, you know, like HIV, like oh, that's horrible, don't touch it, can't let anyone touch it. It just kind of gave me a different vibe. So. I did Facebook the photo of my blood. <laughs> I know, I, I, I saw that. However, we came up with a story about you in, in the POSIM chat room. Okay? You did? Yes, we did. And um, what we talked about was, you know, it, Jeremy also asks you, how's the finger? You said better. And, and he, he replied back about, you know, got to be more careful about breaking out the tchotchkes. And then, of course, me, I said, yeah, no kidding. Death by tchotchkes is never a good way to go. And I said, <laughs> however, it would be a great story. So I'm going to, I'm going to, re, I'm going to re, regale you with, with what I came up with. So, little, you know, some years in the future, maybe 20, 30, 40 years in the future, and a little boy is sitting there with, with his mother and looking up at the mantle, and there's a picture of, of you, Robert, 
and 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 the and the and the little boy says, "How did Grandpa die?" Well, honey, when we were just children, he was opening up a box of decorations with your grandma Joe. Mm-hmm. And well, he sliced his finger open on the little naked Liberace ghost figurine that he's always loved. The figurine <laughs> now sits prominently next to Grandpa Robert's ashes to this very day. Oh, how he loved that naked Liberace. There, the end. <laughs> so so that goes to show you, ladies and boys and girls, goblins and ghouls, um, be careful when you, uh, when you, uh, when you um, break open the box of tchotchkes. Make sure your naked Liberace's aren't there because I hear his double studded, his diamond studded, you know what, is sharp as a as, as anything. Yeah, it got me good. It did. See, see, see. Oh, too funny. So, huh? yes. Nice to know you all talk about me when I'm not around. <laughs> oh, hmm. You don't want to know. So, um, one of the other things I want to do is, if you are uh, listening to us live on Blog Talk Radio, I want you to. To, you can favorite the show, and you'll get email reminders, um, especially if you signed up for an account on Blog Talk Radio. That will send you email reminders every week about our show if you don't get one presently from being a member of Paws I Am. Um, that, and then also like the show for us. It's on the page. You can click the like button. You don't have to leave. It won't close anything. You can still listen to us live during the show. And we actually have our guest on. So I want to tell you a little bit about our guest, Daniel Bauer. Um, he is the official successor to the legendary Harry Houdini, and was on the climb to becoming one of the world's most successful magicians and escape artists since the Houdini era. He has appeared on NBC, Fox, WB Networks. He's demanded stage across the globe and sold-out venues and appeared on many magazine covers. And in 2002, while preparing for a second world tour backed by a multimillion-dollar brand, Daniel learned that he was HIV-positive from a required insurance policy medical check. This news became the backbone of the sponsoring company to pull out, claiming the show had now become a liability. Daniel comes on Pause I Am Radio this evening to share um, what that was like for him and to also talk about his newest speaking program called Blunt. Daniel's website and blog can be found at livingpositively.com. That's livingpositively with a Z.com. And please help me welcome Daniel Bauer to the show. Welcome, Daniel. Hello? Hello, Daniel. Hello, hey. Daniel. Testing, yeah. one, two, three. Uh, all right, there he is. We thought you escaped on us. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> we were, you know what, I was... Were you speaking for us? Yeah, absolutely, yep. Yeah, I was a little afraid, Daniel, that, that you... This is Jeremy, by the way. That you were going to um, pull an escape trick on us. Oh, wait, no, illusion. Trick, illusion. Oh. Well, okay, what do you call it? <laughs> Uh, well, tricks tricks have first names. Sometimes they don't have last names. It depends. That's right. Yeah, and right. Uh, but I do, uh, you know, performing, uh, you know, magic and escape are the, are the key words that I like to stick to. Magic and escape. Okay. Okay. Good. All right. I'm I'm going to remember this. So so okay. Just to get this ball rolling, because I know everybody's thinking about this question. So I'm just going to ask it. What's it like dating a magician who is also a, uh, an escape artist? What's that like? <laughs> I um for them probably not as fun as they would have hoped it to be. Uh I I don't know. It's uh it's hard. My dating life has been up and down, up and down. So um uh yeah, I, I would probably have to defer to some of uh the listeners in the chat room who I know are friends of mine that are logged in. Okay. <laughs> I can probably share more intimate details about my dating life and what it's like for people to date a magician. <laughs> because, because I have this so again I'm going to ask the questions because we'll, and then we'll start talking about being blunt in a minute because I'm going to. So, when you get cuffed, are, do you do you just go along with it and pretend that you can't get out of them? No, not at all, not at all. I want them to challenge me. I want my my partners, my friends, my family, especially my partners. They need to challenge me. Uh, you know, I think the the worst piece, uh, even beyond getting tied up with rope and straight jackets and bonded and the handcuffs is the mind reading also. So I have a lot, you know, guys when I'm dating, it's like they won't even look me in the eye anymore because uh, they know just they just know that I'm I'm reading their every thoughts and you know it's uh, it's pretty scary, but kind of kind of hot at the same time. I was gonna say I'm like that's a little creepy, but it turned I'm getting turned on. 
I really am. <laughs> Dan, Daniel, I'm going to have to send you my email address so we can um, <laughs> so we can continue this conversation off air. Yes. So, so, so you know, what made you what made you get involved with you know being a magician? Was it something that you saw and you know was you know you were inspired by somebody else like Houdini, or was it just you know, what made you get into that field of of work, that line of field? Yeah, so, um, you know, when I was eight years old and I grew up in a very big family, you know, the mom and dad, seven brothers and a sister, and uh, it was on my eighth birthday, uh, my eighth birthday, and uh, we had to come down to the dinner table and uh, there's this this box sitting on the dining room table that was wrapped in the old the old time colored uh, comics pages from the old newspapers or whatever. Uh, I don't know, I do everything reading online, so I don't even know if newspapers exist anymore. So um, basically, uh, I had unraveled it really quickly, and there was this Blackstone Harry Jr. magic kit. And um, it was like love at first sight, complete love at first sight. And it was that day, that very moment, that kind of just just, uh, just uh, powered this love uh, for this craft of magic and, and escape artistry. Now, how hard is it to get into that field and to, you know what I mean, to get to, like, where you work? Because I'm, I'm sure it's very, a lot of, hard work but there's so many other magicians out there how do you how do you make a name for yourself how do you become the next big thing how did you do that sure so i think there's you know i like to kind of bucket magicians and illusionists and escape artists in sort of three different buckets you have your birthday party magicians that never get out of the yellow pages and those are the magicians that rely on magic that you can buy from the shelves off of you know magic uh like little magic shops you know or whatever around the Mm -hmm. country or the world then you have your cruise ship magicians, which are kind of cool magicians that go to larger engineering illusionists that buy their own sort of illusions, and they've created a larger show, but they can't get out of that sort of legacy cruise ship arena. And then there are other folks, which I would like to consider myself and where I'm hoping to reclaim, but those of us who have sort of created our own concept, created our own magic, we've come up with our own niche, uh, you know, escapes that I am looking to uh, attempt for the very first time ever in the world, and going above and beyond and, you know, beyond getting stuck in those two other realms of, of the arena of that magic industry. It's very think, tough to accomplish. I think it's fascinating. I've always loved I've always loved watching magic and, and escape artist artistry. It it's it's mind blowing because me, the spectator, is always sitting there Going, okay, I know it's like that sleight of hand thing where you where they divert your attention. So I get that part of it. So then my attention is so diverted that I've completely missed the entire act. Because I'm looking <laughs> around for everything else. Yeah. And then, then the audience is over there clapping and I'm like, What did I miss? I missed it. I missed the whole thing. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I just love the look on adults' faces. And I, I don't really perform much for kids anymore at all. I'm mostly an adult performer. And uh, there is nothing greater than getting a totally jaded adult person who doesn't believe in magic whatsoever, thinks it's complete BS. You've got them in an audience. They look bored out of their mind. And then all of a sudden, you just perform this one piece that they completely don't expect. Their jaw drops to the ground, and you have them captivated for the rest of the show. And they're like, holy crap. You know, it's like, it's like I'm sold. Now I'm sold. I believe in real magic. And to me, that's like, like the coolest thing. Uh, you know that I live for when I when I perform. That that is awesome. That is very cool. Very very cool. So so tell take us back backwards a little bit. Um, am I on mute? No, you're good. Oh, okay. No, it just all of a sudden it just went really quiet. I'm like, <laughs> oh great, they muted me. How rude! And I'm the co-host. See how, <laughs> see how this is. So <laughs> I want to go back to that moment in um, in 2002, and I'm going to switch gears a little bit, pull a little, um, you know, Barbara Walters, maybe make us cry a little. Um, go back to that moment in 2002. Um, you were diagnosed. You had to fill out this stupid insurance form. What um, happened? So, yeah, so I, I was pretty much at a, at a good prime with my career in um, in New York City and, and around, and uh, I had, had built up a pretty big name for myself, and this was the next step. This was the step that was was going to create above and beyond, like, the Chris Angels and what I had hoped, you know, with David Blaine, who I absolutely admire, um, and really bring me in to be, 
you're catching that stone, that next legacy. And um, it wasn't so much a form on the insurance policies, but it was, you know, the, the sort of requirements that we had to go through and say, hey, you know, we need to make sure you're completely physical fit. And to give you a background, you know, some of the escapes I was looking to do that we were, were going to create and produce were, you know, getting in a huge big fish tank with a thousand piranha, 90 seconds to escape before I'm eaten alive, um, and a lot of other, you know, pretty serious death-defying feats that no other escape artist has attempted to date. Um, so, of course, I want to make sure that I'm physically fit, my legs aren't going to fall off me, yada, yada, yada. I go into uh, their, you know, the, uh, the the brand. They suggested, you know, you got to go to these doctors for the insurance purposes. They took a bunch of blood work, did a bunch of tests, you know, these little heart tests and yada, yada, yada. And then, um, you know, here I am, you know, go back to rehearsals. And then it was, uh, you know, two weeks later, um, you know, I get this call saying I needed to come back in for some follow-up. And, uh, you know, here's this, you know, the, one of the doctors and, and this woman in the office with him. And uh, to tell me that I had, you know, pretty much, you know, tested HIV positive. Now, did that cross your mind that, like, possibly, like, did you ever put yourself that maybe you were being risky at some point or, you know what I mean? Didn't, didn't even cry, didn't yeah. even think of it. I thought, you know what, maybe they saw, because I had knee surgery on one of my knees, um, uh, actually uh, uh, quite a while ago, back in the 90s, and then I had actually blew out my left knee doing an escape here. Uh, in New York City on, uh, during a live show. I had to be rushed to the hospital, and I was out of commission for six months. Um, and that was back in 99. And uh, so I thought maybe there was something, you know, related to my knees or something like that. It just didn't even really cross my mind. Um, so when they told me this, I was like, what the, you know, what the F? I was like, this, this is nuts. I had no idea. I had no idea. And then it's like kind of immediately I thought back to myself, you know, did my ex-partner do this to me? Because he was the first person that I had unprotected sex with. Now, how old were you at the time? Uh, let's see, uh, 2000, when I had unprotected sex? No, 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 I mean, no, when you were diagnosed. Oh, 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 so 2002, so what is this, uh, and we're in 11, so that's what, uh, nine years ago? <laughs> so uh, <laughs> you're making me do math here, so it's about 28, 29. <laughs> Now, were you educated about HIV? I mean, have you lost people like your friends or anyone else to HIV, or was it? Uh, I was very, I'm very educated about HIV. Actually, I recently just lost a brother who just died of AIDS. He died a year ago, uh, and he was diagnosed many, many years ago. And uh, he was actually an intravenous drug user. He was a heroin user. And um, so I've been dealing with that, with that loss. And um, I have also, you know, just from the Ryan White stories and from – Angelie's Secret that was on uh, uh, TV. I don't know if you remember that NBC special. But I had actually worked with the kids from Camp Heartland, which is a big HIV camp, and we brought in the cash from Saved by the Bell and Sweet Valley High, and we did these live shows with these kids. I actually taught them how to do my escapes and magic, and we created live shows to benefit their organization. So I was very, very, yeah, well well averse on on the, the subject at the time. Okay. But not in a million years did I think that I would contract it. I mean, that was just, you know. Right. So, so what? So now I'm going to go to the more the human side of all of this. What did you think to yourself, really, when after you know you, you've been around HIV all your life? You, I mean, with your brother and and you know, educated and and, and that sort of thing. What did you think to yourself at that point in time? Uh, right at the diagnosis, right after. I mean, for me, it was like, you know, the first thing that pops into my head was like, okay, well, what do we need to do to manage this? Because I'm getting ready for a tour or a big production, and I have no time to be sick, so what do we need to do? You know, the, you know, part of me was like, fuck, I'm going to die. But the other part of me was like, okay, you know what? I, um, This is it. I can't, this is not going to beat me down. I have a show to do, so let's just figure it out and move on. Um, kind of like the way I brush everything off on my you know, typical areas I am. Oh, are you in Aries? <laughs> Completely. <laughs> oh, oh, really? When's your birthday? Uh, April 7th. Mine's March 28th. Hello, Mr. March. Aries. <laughs> Hello, sister. <laughs> Hello, sister. Yep. <laughs> okay, now you really have to email me. Now I'm, now, you know, now I'm done. really, done. really turned, done. turned on. Jeremy, right, it's done. It. Yep, done. Yep, Jeremy done. <laughs> 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 You're cute. I like him. He can stay. So what did the sponsor say to you? So um, it was uh, it was it was about a week later, a week and a half later. Um, 
So you were close uh, to like starting this tour, right? We were supposed to be starting, and absolutely, we were already deep into rehearsals. Things were going, the production was going. There's been media about it, and then I go back into the offices of the brand, um, which I am in fear of mentioning the brand's name for God only knows what backlash they might come That's on right, me. You and you don't have to. We attempted to fight it at first, and it was going nowhere. Um, so we're basically, uh, I'm in this office and uh, with all these people, and uh, basically they have said, you know, after further review of the show, uh, you know, we just feel that, you know, the show has really become unsafe, um, and uh, we're not going to move forward uh, with the rest of the production, and we're pulling out. Now, do you think that they thought it was unsafe for you or unsafe for other people because of how risky you are and if, God forbid, you would get, you know, um, wounded or something like that? Do you think that's what they were concerned about or do you think it was more for your own? You know, I'm not sure. Here is the question that I asked, basically the statement that I provided and then the question I asked. I basically said, I know you're now aware of my HIV status. Is this the factor that is now making this this show unsafe? And they had said to me, no, 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 not at all. Uh, we're just concerned about the Piranha Peril escape. So then I was like, okay, well, that was like the backbone of why you even wanted to do this production in the first place, because it was completely zany and crazy, and this is a, pretty much, a, you know, a, this is exactly what your brand stands for. Uh, so why would you be pulling out now after we've, been, you know, invested all this time? So, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, coincidence? Don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. So, yeah, yeah. hey, you know, you know what, you... Daniel? I have an uncle Vinny. We'll we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> just saying, just saying. He'll, he'll go have a nice little conversation. Yeah. Who knows what might happen? Can't say. Deny everything. <laughs> oh my. So, so that happens in 2002. Um, you know, you're diagnosed, and then you lose what was your dream. You yeah, talk I, about here that you go into this, you know, this dark place, and it's you know a part of your new program. Tell us, I guess, tell us about the new speaking program and what that's all about. Sure. So, um, I, I have just recently kind of recommitted. I. Uh, have recommitted to kind of speaking out about the stigma, um, you know, in support of the fight against HIV AIDS. And uh, my new program is called Blunt. And um, it's really about uh, an opportunity for people to come up at a very, or, or to, to be with me at a very intimate level and to really hear my story from the beginning to the end. And I mean, all of the deep, dark stuff that happened in between. Because when I was diagnosed and then I lost the tour, there was a year of complete self destructive, uh, of destructive behavior. I mean, everything from, you know, uh, drug use to suicide attempts to prostitution to um, getting evicted to living on the streets to basically taking anybody and everybody out with me. It's like if I was going down, the rest of the world was going down with me. Mm. If I am sick, everybody else is going to get sick with me. I mean, screw this. If my dream is lost, your dreams are going to be lost. Right. And that's pretty much where uh, my whole attitude for about a year lasted. And... um. And I share those intimate details. And um, I had spoken, uh, you know, about some of these details a couple of years ago, 2008. I was brought in by the uh, Northeast LGBT Conference and a couple other universities that have brought me in to share my story. And um, these college kids were just, they said, don't ever, don't ever stop telling your story. Don't ever stop telling your story. They, they, they said they've never heard anything like it, uh, you know, just the way it's presented and, you know, kind of, you know, it's uh, it's hard. I'm, I'm like tearing up because I just think back to all that time. And I, I just wish the tour bus would come and pick me up now, and you know, the last whatever years of my life would just reverse, and there was no discrimination and there was no stigma, and my dream didn't have to be ruined, or I had the strength not to allow my dream to be ruined, and then I would have had the strength to walk on. Now, hard. you could. That is that's that's you know that it's a really incredible thing that's happened. Because you could have continued down that dark, stormy path, and um, and we wouldn't be having this conversation today. What made you decide to snap out of it? I didn't. I was forced. My parents had me arrested. Good for them. 
uh, it was the only way that anybody was going to stop getting hurt, including myself. Wow. Hmm. Wow. So, arrested. Jail time? Uh, yes, a little jail time. Uh, and let me tell you, that is no fun thing walking into a, a community jail and there's guys, you know, mopping the floors. and like, dude, I just saw you on the WB Morning Show. Like, Crap. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, pretty embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Right. Pretty embarrassing. Uh, humbling, so, nonetheless. So. So, so jail time? Rehab? Uh, yes, crystal meth rehab, yeah. Okay. Um, so we're getting to a point in your life. When did you make the decision not to go back? Not to go back to what? Not to go back to what led up to your arrest and rehab and all of those other things that happened. I think you had to have made some decision, right? You're right, and that happened through therapy, and that happened through therapy via an organization called AIDS-Related Community Services that's based in upstate New York. And there was a therapist, and her name was Marsha, and she was experienced in working with people like myself, uh, you know, with, with the meth abuse and living with HIV. And she took me under her wings and through this journey of life, and it was just, uh, she inspired me. <laughs> she wow. inspired me to re-inspire myself, and I said, "You know, we've, we, this is it. I've got to, I've got to do something with myself. I can't, I can't sit and sulk in my own little pity, you know, pity pot anymore. Yeah. You know, I'm, I am a good person, regardless of what I did during that year, regardless of how many people I've burned, how many people I've hurt, regardless of all of the crap that I have done in my life. I am still worthy of my life, and my HIV is not going to define who I am today." Wow. Hey, so, ladies and gentlemen, it is, it's the bottom of the hour. It's 930. We're talking with Daniel Bauer, and I believe, Robert, you want to take us on break for about 30 seconds? Yeah, we're going to take, a, we're gonna take a, a real quick break, and when we come back, we will open the phone line. So and we'll, we'll pick right. up where we just left off. Right. We'll be right back. I contracted a preventable disease from a guy that looks good and smells good but never mentioned that he had HIV. But he is not to blame. I should have loved myself enough to protect myself. But through it all, I found self-love and it's the greatest thing I ever felt. I was never less than or equal to AIDS but always greater. I just realized that not caring for myself or my body, I was my biggest hater. I am author of the Naked Truth, Marvin Brown, and I am greater than AIDS. You can visit our friend Marvelyn Brown at MarvelynBrown.com. And remember, you're listening to Pause I Am Radio. Tonight's guest, Daniel Bauer. You can find information on his work and his blog at LivingPositively.com. That's LivingPositively with a Z.com. Daniel, welcome back to the second part. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. <laughs> Good. Uh, just real quick, I want to open up the phone lines and allow people to call in. If you uh, have a question for us, you can reach us at 347-215-9442 and press number one so I know that you want to come on air and you're not just listening. Um, so, Daniel, what made you want to go public about it? You know, at the end of the day, you know, you, you've gone through what you've gone through and, you know, and experienced it. What made you now go, okay, now I'm going to start sharing my story publicly? Sure. So this kind of has a twofold thing. Um, back in, uh, uh, it, it kind of happened in two steps, and this one being the more the more forceful of the step. Back in 2008, some people had heard about my story. I was kind of taking a very low key sort of grassroots, you know, kind of approach to supporting the fight against HIV and so forth. And when somebody had heard that story, they then invited me to the end, you know, the the Northeast LGBT conference where I was, the, you know, the the Friday night closing night keynote speaker. And then uh, from there, I was asked to go to all these universities, like Lafayette University and other schools, to speak. And um, and then I had uh, I had lost that commitment. I just stopped. I was moving back to New York uh, City to put my new show on Off Broadway back in 2009. I um, thought I was getting a little big for my britches, uh, you know, and just started focusing on my magic dream again. And I had got gotten very, very lost in my magic dream. I had started doing medication, but I had stopped taking medication for the last year. Uh, I was on a triplet, and I had stopped taking it because I thought I was, you know, strong enough to handle everything. And then, uh, but meanwhile, I'm telling my friends that I'm taking my medication at the same time because uh, I didn't want people to know that, you know, I'm not taking my meds. I don't want them to, to worry about me. So um, 
you know, I'm just like, whatever, you know, I'm kind of getting my name out there. I've been in the papers again. My name's getting back out there. There's, you know, some good press. And then all of a sudden, <clears throat> I lost my brother to AIDS a year ago, and uh, last October, and um, I had to pull the, t- he had called me on the phone, and I had to pull the tubes out of him. He wanted to go. It was, he was done. The doctors agreed he was done. And um, he did not take his medication, and I, I looked at him in that hospital bed, and I thought um, I thought I saw myself in the mirror, like dying, like oh my god, this is what's going to happen to me because I stopped taking my meds. Like, what the hell is I thinking? And I couldn't reach out for the help. I was like, because again, that stupid self-absorbed, cocky, cocky, whatever it is thing that was going on inside me, that pride thing that just didn't want to ask for help, was going on, and I was just, you know, sort of immersing myself more and deeper and deeper and deeper into my work into performing and other private, uh, you know, contracts that I had going on. And um, I just didn't want people to know. And then finally, this past June, I got really, really sick. And uh, I don't want to talk about the specific details of, you know, how I got sick or what I got sick, but my T-cells, I found out, did crash. And it was in the hospital for two months. Uh, I almost lost my life. <clears throat> I'm very grateful to the friends that I had sticking by my side at that time. And when I came back out, I decided there needed to be a major change. And that major change was that I needed to re, you know, to live my magic the way I wanted to live it. But at the same time, I need to add in and recommit and stay committed to the fight against the stigma associated with HIV/AIDS. Hmm. Wow, really moving. It is moving, and it, I'm a little choked up. So <clears throat> I'm over getting choked up. I just had to drink some tea. You know, it's really sad when, you know, positive, positivelight.com initially broke my story. They're that publication out in Canada, and Bob Leahy, one of the one of the writers, had interviewed me, and we're talking over the story. And, you know, it's really sad when you have to stare your brother in the face and pull the tubes out, and you know he's dying of AIDS, and you're not taking your meds. And um, for me, I don't have a family. I don't have a mother. You know, my father's dying of Alzheimer's. My mother really doesn't give a crap, uh, even though she says otherwise. Um, I have seven brothers, well, obviously six now because one had passed, my, my sister, half-sister. They don't give a shit. Um, I had to bury my brother alone. Um, they didn't even come down to see him. I know, uh, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. That is a lot. That's, that's, well, I think that it's a lot to be carrying on your shoulders. Um, and that's a lot to have to deal with all at once. I mean, you, yeah. you're still raw from a lot of other things going on. So you, you get so let's move past a little bit further and, and move down the timeline just a little bit um, because we are at 20 minutes, I think, to the to the end. And now I want to get to the point where. It's a year later after your brother's passing. It's a year that's probably this past had, October. Yeah, this past or this this October, right? Like yes, this October actually. Okay. His first year of passing. Yeah, anniversary yeah. was just a couple of weeks ago. So you you've had an entire year of growth, of of healing. How are you today? Daniel. Well, I'd like to say it was a full year of growth of healing, but actually the healing really only started since <clears throat> the beginning of August when I was released from the hospital. So from August until now, I came up with the concept of livingpositively.com. I came up with the concept of blunt. And I said, I'm going in this heads first, hands first, feet first, and I will make a change. I will make a difference. I, I have friends of mine that are, that are positive that absolutely, uh, they're, they're, they're struggling with it every day of their life. Um, both straight and gay. And um, I, I feel like I have a lot of strength left inside me. Uh, while my immune system is still healing, there's a lot of spiritual, mental, physical strength that I have today that I know that I have to give this world. And I feel like if I can get my show alive, the show that was flipped upside down, which I believe was as a result of my diagnosis, back on world tour, and I can become a face of the HIV AIDS and say, you know what, at my 38-year-old age, 
uh, with my itty-bitty little muscles that I have, that here I am getting in these water tanks with these piranha, and I have conquered the impossible at my age uh, with an illness that is not a death sentence today, then maybe that will be hope and inspiration for so many who are living with this to not stop their dreams, not stop into that black bunny hole of depth despair that I fell into and move forward and live their lives. You know what, Daniel? I think what you're doing right now, sharing your story today, I think that's doing exactly what you're doing. And your blogging is doing that same thing that, you know, you hope to get out of that show. I do have a caller on the line, so I want to go ahead and bring on uh, this caller here. You're on the air. Welcome to the show. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hello, and can you turn your speakers down, please? Area code 604. Hello. Hello. All right, let's let's move on. Hello. <laughs> oh, are you there? Hello. Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Hi, who's this? Hi, it's Bradford in Canada. Positively positive. How you doing? Good. I just wanted to say it's uh, Robert and Jeremy. It's so great that every week you have people who are not afraid to talk about the fact that they are HIV positive. And uh, Daniel's story is very inspirational, and uh, he's going to touch many lives and and change many people's attitudes towards HIV and AIDS. Well, Bradford, thank you. Thank you for that. Well, I just wanted to. No, I just wanted to, uh, you know, say hi and and uh, you know and let you know that both you know uh, you having this these wonderful shows and the amazing guests that you have on are really great and and uh, I'm happy that I'm able to also promote and share what everyone's doing with uh, you know people here in Canada and uh, keep up the great work. And we appreciate you for that, Bradford. Thank you. You're welcome. Have a great night. You too. Bye-bye. You too, man. And remember, folks, if you want to give us a call here and speak to uh, Daniel on air, you can reach us at 347-215-9442. If you're calling into the show, please press 1 so we know you want to come on air. I do see some people on hold who are not pressing 1, so I don't know if they want to come on or just listening. So, <laughs> so. anyway. So uh, let's see. You have um, a couple blogs that you you know have up. You've been recently um, blogging a lot. Um, what are some of um, the things that people can go to your blog and find? Like, what are some things that you've blogged about since you've had your blog open? Um, sure. So uh, some of the things that I've blogged about most recently, actually, is my housing situation. So you know, coming out of the hospital, I've exhausted my financial resources and. Uh, had to recently rely on public uh, HASA uh, resources. I don't know if anyone's familiar with that here, HASA. And, um, you know, we're talking about my experience, which was actually pretty crappy to begin with. And then um, uh, kind of, you know, pretty much told them I was going to be blogging about them as their lack of compassion, which I rated as an F. <laughs> uh, I did not approve to an A. I mean, these people who just treated me like crap the moment I walked in the door and didn't do anything to help me and, uh, having no idea what I was going to do. And, you know, so I talk about that. I talk about diet, uh, a little bit health, and trying to, you know, get my body back into shape. Um, you know, uh, some, you know, dating stuff that, that, that I'll be going through as I'm, I, you know, even consider pursuing dating, which is I'm a little freaked out about dating right now. Uh, you know, so I mean, pretty much, you know, the entire gamut. It's really just going to be a walk through my life. And then other, you know, topics of interest that might be going on, you know, like maybe crazy events that, you know, that um, I think would be good to support, that kind of thing. And, you know, really just kind of a full circle to, you know, I guess. It's going to be pretty kind of uh, laid back, but but very, very blunt and very, very deep, you know, and personal inside my life. Haha, <laughs> get it, blunt. Haha. <laughs> 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 Worked out well. That's a little uh, name drop there. What was I going to say to you? Um so we, we talked a little bit about how you told us a little bit of how your family reacted to your status. How have your friends um, reacted to it? Have you gotten any negativity, um, like negative responses from people? Besides so I have, um, I have, and those friends can, you know, here's my suggestion to those friends that have negatively respond, uh, decided to, I don't, I don't want to say negatively, but have decided to ignorantly. Uh, react to my diagnosis or me sharing or being so open about it. 
Um, there are public libraries. There are bookstores. There are online bookstores. Please go purchase a book and update and educate yourself. There's um, the Internet, for crying out loud. And the Internet, yes. Yeah. So there's more than enough resources to kind of get out of the old ages and get into the new ages and get up to speed with what's really going on. Um, and for my friends that have been supporting me, i got, I got to tell you, they're the reason I'm here. Um, it's, it's, it's for the reason I'm here. They have been there for me every single minute of every single day, especially since I went into the hospital over the summer. And um, I, they know who they are. Some of them are listening here tonight. I know they're listening. And because um, they keep IMing me on Facebook, pop <laughs> uh, <laughs> up here. <laughs> so um, I have to say thank you. I mean, they really pulled me through this because it, without them, I, I may not have come out of alive out of the hospital. You know, it's it's oftentimes Daniel, and this is my little commentary that um, Daniel that it's oftentimes it's our chosen family that get us through the deepest and darkest times of our life. And um, they are the ones that we need to be grateful for and thankful for. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's. I have to tell you it's sad because I have not been to a family holiday, a real family holiday, since I was diagnosed in 2002. Now, my family will blame me not being a part of the family because of the destruction I caused from 2002 to 2003. And that's the excuse that they want to hold on to, and I'm fine with that if that gets them through the day. But I know that they certainly didn't bury their first son who died of AIDS, and they're certainly not going to bury me who's living with HIV. And I think their actions speak louder than words. I've missed all of my brother's weddings, the births of all their kids, and I will see my family for the first time. Probably I'm expecting the call to come in any day now when my father passes. And I will see my family for the very first time at the services. And that is going to be... I don't know how I'm going to handle that, to be quite honest with you. I don't know how I'm going to handle that. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I have um, a tweet question coming from us. Um, with all they, they ask, with all the, the hype around reality shows, have you ever thought about taking your show to like somewhere like America's Got Talent? So America's Got Talent actually reached out to me last year for this year's for this year's season, and uh, Natasha or something she's the producer, and um, for a, a private uh, audition, and um, I did not accept at the time because the show's not it's not up to par to what America's Got Talent would require. The show that I went to off Broadway with is much more intimate than what America's Got Talent is looking for. Um, I would consider, but again, I think it's going to put me again back in the Vegas retirement home industry, and I don't want to do that. I I, yeah. I think there's a bigger message, a bigger opportunity. A bigger footstep to be made here. Wow. Well, just your your story is incredible. You have, I mean, it, it's this it's this whole big metamorphosis, if if you will, of where you were to where you are today. I mean, you're a completely different man than you were in 2002. Obviously. Yeah. I think I think if I can hear that in in, you know, in our short 1-hour conversation, and I'm sure our listeners can hear that. What's next for you besides um besides, you know, the the performance of magical and and Escape arts, artistry. See, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. Magical and escape artistry. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be writing that down so it's in my lexicon. <laughs> um, but and 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 with blunt. It, sure. You, so yeah, I mean, the main about marrying thing. those two together. Um, I plan on marrying the HIV, uh, the blunt, and the magic together. They're going to be synonymous because I think what's going to happen is um, the current show that I have now, which is called Purity. And um, through my site, livingpositively.com, uh, you can actually get into my, 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 uh, my magic site. And there's the show Purity. I'm actually going to kind of reconceive the idea of purity, which is about how I learned magic as a little kid and stories, and create little short stories about my life and how HIV became an intricate part of who I am today and how I'm living today and that this illness is not going to beat me down, and use that as a form to educate people through entertainment. Um, the other piece is alive, getting the show alive back on stage. And I think that word alive is so key in so many ways. 
that I think is going to break down so much stigma. And I'm hoping that anybody listening to this or all of the, the capital venture people that I'm speaking to and uh, other forces that have been, you know, uh, out there, and I, I know people who are connected to MTV, and, you know, I'm hoping Paz Magazine listens and, and everyone that there's, there's an opportunity here. There's an opportunity here. And whether it's me or whether it's somebody else, I think there's a great opportunity to make something bigger out of this. And then the other piece that I really want to share is current memoir, a really deep dive memoir of my life right now, which I'm, I'm started writing a book called Insane and the Meth Brain uh, and, and with a colon how I live, HIV from, from live. And uh, that's, you know, hopefully, hopefully I'll have that out and published by, you know, just by the new year. If I can, if I can, you know, rack my brain around my writer's block. <laughs> that happens a lot. You know, when we, when we try too hard to get to that, that point, yeah, I get you. Yeah, I've been work. I've been working on my book for the last ten years, and I'm still on chapter one, page one. <laughs> Great. <clears throat> At least I got the table of contents down. Is <laughs> the table of contents before the contents? That's good. Yeah, in my outline. It's oh, my yeah. outline. Yeah, yeah, which will probably end up being my table of contents. Right, right, yeah. Uh, oh goodness. Well. It, so I, I like to ask this of um, most of our guests, and, and because I like you, I'm going to ask you. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, God. Oh, God. What's going to come out of Jeremy's mouth? Now, so kn- knowing where you are today and where you've gone through and, how, and, and your journey that you got to to get to today, what – what piece of advice would you give to someone who's been newly diagnosed? Uh, I get that question a lot. And um, the advice that I would give these people is the advice that I wish was given to me when I was first diagnosed. Or the advice that maybe was given to me and I simply just didn't listen to it and I blacked it out. I, I don't really remember. I would say find a group of people, find an organization, find a counselor, find a therapist, find a friend, find somebody that you trust or that you can learn to trust and be open about all of your feelings, all of, all of the hurt you might be feeling, all of the worry, because I would expect it to be extremely normal. Uh, to be going through all that, uh, you know, all that pain that you might be feeling. Maybe you want to give up on life. Maybe you know, all that crap that I went through. Find somebody you can trust in and vent it out. Don't live it out. Vent out the worry. Vent out the hate. Vent out the pain. And then you can use that. Use that, whatever that pain is, to find some inner strength by connecting with organizations or groups or friends to live an incredible life because you're so worthy of it. You're so worthy of it. Don't live the pain. Live the life. And Daniel? Yes. So I'm going to ask you now, do you listen to your own advice? Are you? Do you feel that you're worthy of it today? Oh, my gosh. Uh, yes. And it took me a damn long time to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> good. That's that's good to hear. That's good to know. And, um, and I'm glad to hear it. So, we are, I think we're down to the last close to five minutes of the show. This has gone by so very fast. I, Robert, I would love to have Daniel come back on in a follow-up session, in a, in a follow-up session. And now I sound like a therapist. We're going to have a follow-up <laughs> session. We'll schedule the appointment and talk to our lady girl <laughs> at the door. Um, no, I would like to have a follow-up show in like six months to find out where you are. Would you no, be willing totally to come back on? That. Only if you provide follow-up photos on your striker nudist outfit or whatever oh, you that, got that, it. that costume. <laughs> yeah. well, I was making tea, and I'm like, you know, I hear, you know, he's like he's in the chat room, and then all I hear is this uh, nudist on strike, and you wanted my commentary on that, and I just, um, well, you, you know, um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a few. I've got a few where I'm not on strike, but. Um, <laughs> 
you know, I mean, I mean, I have ideas where you could put the strike sign and how you could get it to go up and down so easily, and you know, things like that. If you're going to go as a nudist, and you know, there's just a gamut of just, just really probably, you know, um, inappropriate uh, ideas that I have for you. But we can talk about awesome. those offline. I, 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 I gave you my my email address in, in the private chat that we had. Yes, I'll, I'll, I'll see yeah. you. And I'll hit you up okay. on Facebook too. Yeah, you should so, absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's that's as well. well. You guys can tweet each other too. Why not? Yeah. Do you tweet? Ooh. Oh my God! I do tweet. Actually, I have just started tweeting, and I'm up to all of 233 followers. I'm pretty excited because it's, it's, you know, a lot in a very short period of time. Because well, I just started you know, tweeting. You know why they're following you? <clears throat> they're following me. You know why they're following you? Um, because they Google um, you, and you're a hottie. Yeah. Well, I'm, that's I'm why. gonna say I hope it's not for the muscles. Uh, but I, I hope it's I hope it's because they're inspired. I I hope. It's because they're following me and I'm following them because we're creating a circle of life that is very much needed, very much needed in this fight right now. Yep, absolutely. Because we all need to follow each other. We, need to, we, we each need to lead and we each need to follow. And I think with that kind of, those examples coming from everybody, um, I, I think we're well on our way. Well, I think you're doing a, I think you're doing a bang-up job so far. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you. And people can find you on Twitter at Living Positively. Um, I put the, the handle in the chat room. Um, and we yeah, also um, tweeted yeah. it on Facebook. Um, yep, at LVNG. That, yep. Right. One of the things that you said, Daniel, that really was, like, profound in the last, like, seriously, like a minute, you said, don't live the pain, live the life. And I think that's a great way to end the show, a great message to leave with people is, you know, not to live the pain, to live the life. It's, I think it's awesome. And, you know, I want to thank you for coming on and, and sharing your story. And, I, and like I said, I can't wait. Like Jeremy said, I can't wait for the follow-up because – I can't wait for you to come back on and be like, I have a show, and you can come see it here, and this is what's going on. And, like, I'm ready for it. I, I can't wait to see you blow up into this, this activist that's going to change the world. We're hoping. We're hoping. It's, it's not, certainly not going to happen overnight, and it's certainly not going to happen with me sitting on my seat and waiting for the phone to ring. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take a lot of, <laughs> lot of legwork on my, on my end. And, you know, and anybody in the fight for their life, you know, it's, it's going to take a lot of legwork, a lot of legwork. I agree. Well, Daniel, thanks so much for coming on and, and hanging out with us for the hour. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, listen, thank you guys so much for having me here. I'm I'm in love with with with, uh, with uh, what you and Robert and uh, the team here at Pause I Am are doing. I just think it's phenomenal, and um, I am going to be here every week listening in, uh, you know, and kind of chiming into you because I think it's important for me to be here. So I will continue to spread the word about what you guys are doing. It is it is Please absolutely do. brilliant. It's it's brilliant and it's inspiring me. So I want to kudos. I'm standing ovation right now. Uh, and my and my fluffy robe that I have on by the fireplace. Uh, yeah. so kudos. <laughs> we love fluffy robes. <laughs> by the fireplace. By the fireplace. Yes. The fireplace. Love that. Yeah. All right, Daniel. Uh, thank you so much. Daniel, have a great night, so man. Robert, Jeremy, thank you guys so much. Enjoy. It, it was our pleasure entirely. Thank you. Great. Take care, everybody. Live life. Oh. And remember, you can find our guest at www.livingpositively.com. Um, visit them on Twitter at Living Positively. You can find them through our Twitter at Pause I Am and at Positively Speaking. What a great, great story. Uh, what a, just a great guest to have on tonight. I think it was amazing. Oh, he's inspired me a little bit more to start, you know, get me up, up, up my ass and start blogging more. Yeah, you do need to start blogging more. Oh, God. What's up with that? Uh, you know, <laughs> it, let, let me put it this way. I'm lazy. It happens. No, no, it doesn't. Blame it the doesn't AIDS. <laughs> I, I blame do blame the AIDS. AIDS. I blame the AIDS on everything. Headache, AIDS. The economy, oh, AIDS. That's funny. So, Republicans um, in the White House, last, AIDS. We're down to the last 90 seconds, so I want to thank everybody for tuning in. And if you're tuning in for the first time, um, remember you can join us here every Sunday at 9 o'clock. If you are not a member, you can go ahead and join the POSIM social network. If you go to POSIM.com, you can uh, click the Join Now button and create a profile and talk with other people living around the world living with HIV. And I do want to send a special hello to a first-time listener, Gregory, who is in the chat room, who is listening from Ireland. So we want to thank you for tuning in tonight. Um, you can find more information about Jeremy Dunn at PositivelySpeaking.com, more information on myself and the show at POSIM.com. Jeremy, it was great chatting with you, and I believe you'll be with me for a lot of the November shows as well. I, I believe so, yeah. I mean, yeah. In, in, Jack's pretty busy. Jack's busy, so you've got me. 
Um, I got you, babe. I got you, babe. They say our love can't pay the rent. Okay, anyway, I want. I want, I want. Singing, people are gonna hang up and not oh, listen to God, anymore. people are just gonna go. Oh no. Well, you know, I could start singing show tunes, which I'm very good at, by the way. So oh, that's anyway, we, we are down we're to the glad. last like five seconds or whatnot. So yeah. have a great week, everybody, and we'll be back here same time, um, same channel next week, next Sunday. All right. Have a great night. All right. Ciao. We're great at what's going on out here. We got changes to make. It's time to wake up for humanity's sake. Break the silence today before it's too late. AIDS is affecting us, disrespecting us. I'ma go get tested. It's a simple maneuver. It's not about the past. It's about my future. I'm not trying to miss it. I won't be a statistic, so I protect myself whenever I'm intimate. At this moment, I decided to have a plan. It's time to take a stand, because AIDS, I'm greater than. This is Senior Chaos, and this was my deciding moment. Tell us yours at greaterthan.org. Remember, you can visit our friends at greaterthan.org. Have a great evening, and we'll see you next edition of Pause I Am Radio.